0: Are you ready to be a better, more successful, and open-minded trader and investor? I'm Serge Berger, head trader and investment strategist at thestudytrader.com, and I want to help you get there. Whether you've been investing for years or are just getting your feet wet, this podcast will help you cut through the noise and get dialed in on the big picture. We will utilize research, guest interviews, and real-time analysis of the market. We're at a critical juncture in the market where knowledge really will mean power. Diversification in portfolios really has to do with mitigating volatility and giving investors the best and highest probability to provide steadier returns over time. Hey everybody, Serge Berger here, your host of the Steady Wealth Podcast. As we're working through August here, and I always say August is the month when kind of The dead come back alive in terms of June and July being a pretty boring time for the markets in terms of people being absent, tend to come back at some point in August. Keep that in mind here as well. August is a binary month for the stock market. We can have uh, really good things happen in terms of uh, assets. They're slowly kind of pushing higher because no one cares and everyone's absent and volatility is just subdued uh, because people are still just coming back from vacation. However, August can also be a month of great volatility. So keep that in mind. Uh, All is being equal, uh, uh, the month of August can be tricky because if a risk event happens, if news flow turns negative, people have to scramble back to the office uh, and and, and make decisions uh, for their portfolios. Uh, I'm talking about institutional investors here, of course, uh, primarily that are moving the market. So um, as it uh, relates to today's topic – I wanted to revisit the idea of diversification and usually when we talk about diversification the sort of the the self-directed trader tends to just kind of roll their eyes and go back and then you know do some trading um however there's a very sincere case to be made for diversifying not only a uh, a portfolio over time, but also for those people that are more, more proactive uh, in terms of trading their accounts. I wanna talk about uh, diversification as a broad idea. And um, let me just read a couple of points here that I wrote down in terms of some of the reasons why I think uh, diversification is important. Uh, one of those main reasons to be, to me is really just has to do with, again, just being able to sleep at night. Um, let me go through. I have a really cool chart that I'm going to describe to you. Again, for those people that are watching this on YouTube, you will have the benefit of seeing the chart. Do not worry if you're listening to this on audio only. I will describe it just as well for you so you don't have to uh, uh, worry about missing anything. So first of all, let me just rattle through a couple of points on the, on the case for diversification. And I should say here as we uh, are in the month of August, I, I'm seeing once again a lot of complacency. Um, I'm seeing lots of investors uh kind of uh, kind of indifferent as to uh or not indifferent but they're not really caring too much about looking at their at their portfolio looking at the markets because things have done so well year to date uh mostly the tech indices, which is of course broadly also like the s and p five hundred is a tech index by the way you know if you look at it broadly speaking in terms of its weighting so first of all diversification um is an important uh, tool due to risk mitigation. So diversification, the way I look at it, it reduces the impact of sort of you know poor performance from a single investment um, to our overall portfolio. Furthermore, I wrote down. You know, one of the reasons we want to spread our investments across different asset classes. This is all true for trading accounts, by the way. Uh, different industries, geographical regions, maybe even th- this can lower the risk of significant losses. So it's one of the reasons I always talk about. Again, whether we're trading or investing, you know, we do not want to be exposed to a single investment that can, can completely um, uh, behead our 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 portfolio. Um, stable, more stable returns. Is another thing I wrote down. I think a diversified portfolio. You know, is really its design is to balance potential returns and risks, and uh, this is where we're going to get to uh, the chart. I'm going to show, I'm going to show you something called a quilt chart. It's uh, really fantastic. Some investments may experience volatility. Others can be more stable. So overall, it's going to help us smoothen our performance over time. So if you are listening right now and you don't know what your portfolio, your net worth is invested in, in terms of exposure to volatility, I would encourage you to go ahead and check that out. And what we found is that the the, the average American investor, retiree, has, broadly speaking, and this is not being judgmental, just factually, has too much stocks. Some of that has to do because portfolios may not may not have been rebalanced. so. The stock market has had such a big run over the past decade uh, that some portfolios have gotten completely out of balance. And I've, again, I've, I've mentioned this before in this podcast. I've seen people's portfolios, you know, retired people, uh, you know, baby boomers, 70, 75 years old, you know, not not just not the ones just getting retired, but ones well deep into retirement that have 85, 90 plus percent stocks. Um, that is in my humble opinion, and the uh, way we look at the market is just too much, right? You want to have to diversify, especially right now where, you know, the fixed income markets, uh, T-bills can give us 5.5% risk-free. So think about that uh, in terms of asset allocation. So the other thing is I think a, a a diversified portfolio allows us to actually capitalize on opportunities. How so? Well, different assets perform well under varying market conditions and others don't. So diversification basically allows us to take advantage of growth opportunities across different sectors and markets, and thus, reducing our sort of reliance on the performance of a single investment, so if you 've ever missed out on an opportunity in well, whatever let's say let 's say Nvidia this year right that 's the one everything everyone talks about still um, imagine having Uh, had uh, uh, no allocation at all to technology. So diversification is important because we never know exactly where the moves come from. Uh, We can only make a good guess. And if the move doesn't come there and in fact goes the opposite direction, but the one thing we're betting on a lot is somewhere else, then we've totally, we've lost twice. We've not only then made the wrong bet and the one thing we did bet on, meaning it lost money, Uh, but we totally missed out on where the money was going. So diversification, really important, again, both from a trading perspective, but also really in referring to uh, right now, sort of the broader, our net worth, which for most people is tied up in in investment accounts, um, sort of, you know, in in here in the United States, those are individual retirement accounts or or through the employees of 401k. In Europe, they have various different schemes based on countries, Canada, Latin America, Asia and so forth, all have different kinds of things. Um, The other thing is reducing volatility. And we see this a lot when people, you know, come to us, whether it's at the study trader where people come to us to kind of get their own, you know, want to do some of some of some of their money, their own, meaning they want to invest a little bit or trade a little bit in their own. They get our research access to our tools, our insights, videos, research reports, all sorts of stuff. And uh, we see that that the older people get. Um. Uh, the more they're sensitive to volatility, particularly as they head towards retirement. And I understand a lot of people here might be in retirement, heading towards retirement, but there also going to be plenty of people here that are in their 30s, 20s, 30s, 40s, uh, and early 50s, right, before beforehand to the late, late 50s, um, where, uh, where, where diversification and reducing volatility may not necessarily be the one thing they want to do, but it does help because we're going to panic at the wrong moment. So reduced volatility is a function of proper diversification. When value and of one asset declines, another one is going to probably do uh do do do, do better if we're diversified, so this helps reduce the overall volatility of our uh, investment returns from a long term perspective and again you can take this also from a trading perspective diversification just encourages a longer term perspective it's going to align our principles of not putting all our baskets our, all our eggs in one baskets in one basket it helps us stay invested through market fluctuations and hopefully, ultimately, potentially leads to a more consistent, sustainable growth over time. There's a really high probability, of course, of that happening. There's a real long-term track record. On that. So having said that, let me walk walk you through, I think, what is an incredibly interesting chart for lots of people. And again, if you're not watching this on YouTube, if you're just listening to this, do not worry. You are not going to miss anything here. I, I just, uh, I'm just going to flip over the screen so everyone here on YouTube can watch this. Let me just... Uh, Give me just one second. Let me flip over. I'm going to show the window here. It's like the best way of doing it. And the window has this thing on it. So let me do that. Okay, perfect. So what we're looking at here, and I showed this in a presentation to to clients this past week in full disclosure for the first time because I thought I think people are now more willing to listen to stuff like this. Um, This is something called a quilt chart, or at least some people refer to it. This is Curtis here j p morgan I grabbed it right off uh, off of their the website off their public uh, website that i found um and you can see it's it's up to date if you look at the upper right hand corner uh this says uh it, it you know you can see what the up to date are so, so so let me describe what this is again if you're not watching this on youtube let me describe promise you you're not missing anything so what this is what what, what we're showing right now is a chart of different asset classes so imagine you know i don't know how many there are like two hundred little Squares on a screen, and um, each retu- each asset class is ret- is is broken down uh, by how much it made per year in that year. So, right, we're looking at returns per asset class from 2008 all the way through 2022 and year to date here in 2023. So, the asset classes that are that are um, showcased here are large cap um, equities, small cap equities, real estate investment trusts. Um, high yield, bonds, fixed income, broadly speaking, um, developed market equities, emerging market equities, cash and commodities. I know that's a handful, a mouthful, I should say, and a handful, uh, but it's just a bunch of stuff. The point is, and and those people that are seeing this, you can see uh, every year or many, in most years, the, the returns are completely mixed. Meaning, so for example, let me give you an example. So in 2020, small cap stocks uh, or l- l- let's say large cap stocks because what everyone focused on large cap stocks in 2020 made um, 18%. They made 28% in 2021. In 22, they lost 18. So far, year to date, they're up 20. Let's talk about commodities. Commodities in 2020 were down 3%, up 27% in 2021, uh, up 16 in 2022. This year, they're down two, right? And so we can go through this in, in in all sorts of different iterations. The point is this, this part of the game, sector group asset class rotation, is something that there's plenty of investing and in, in trading strategies that, that, that focus on this. From an asset allocation perspective for 70, 80% of our net worth, timing the market this way is very, very, very difficult. And a lot of people that come to us and have tried to do this for long enough. Realize that ultimately, yes, they may want to do some of this. Try to figure out, hey, which which horse is going to be the fastest one this year? Is it going to be small, large cap stocks? Maybe even which sector is it going to be? Energy stocks? Is it going to be utilities? Is it going to be whatever? Right? Um, that sector and group rotation. I personally, for me, and I can speak for our clients as well. I find that easier to do from a trading perspective. From an all, overall long-term asset allocation perspective, I do think there are changes to be made, and we do changes to our asset allocation based on where we are in the economic fact as, as economic cycle. But I think trying to micro-time this is where lots of people really end up losing money, and we see this particularly in self-directed investors that you know once they have a bit more time, and again, whether it's between jobs in their 30s, 40s, 50s, or once they start retiring. They think they can microtime every single penny of their their own by microtiming and knowing exactly which asset class, which horse is going to be the fastest, which is the slowest this year, and so on and so forth. I'm here to tell you over the past 25 years, 24, 20 years, as as doing this full time, I I find that a nearly impossible task to do with all our money. With some of it, yes. With some more proactive money we have, maybe that's 20%. Maybe that's thirty percent. Maybe it's five percent of us of our own personal net worth. It all depends on on, on each everyone's different, right? Or maybe even less than that. Um, I think that's an honorable thing to try to do. However, the odds of it being successful over time um, uh, is is not very good. Meaning, meaning, if we do this with some money, we can be quite nimble. Most people are not willing to spend their entire net worth trying to be that nimble in the market. It it it. Again, I, in my humble opinion, I'm only speaking for myself and my experience over the past 24 years. I have yet to find someone who does this successfully with all their money. I have yet, I have found plenty of people who do this okay with, you know, again, a little part of their money, between you know, two, five, ten, twenty percent, thirty percent at most. So, the case for diversification, um, both from a trading perspective, but also from a long-term perspective, for the is really is really serious right we want to make sure we diversify and and we do this right now. this does not mean that let, let's say for let's assume i'm going to make i 'm going to do an extreme example but let's assume for example that we get into a multi year stretch like for example again for those people that can see this let's say we go into a multi year stretch where commodities had a had down years uh four years in a row in two thousand and twelve they were down one percent call that flat um in two thousand um uh, 13, down nine and a half, 10%, 2014, down 17, and almost down 25% in 2015. Now th- those are multi-year you know, malaises of commodities. That typically has to do with rate of change and in in, in 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 where we are in terms of the economic cycle. It can have it can have to it can it can have a lot to do with um uh, commodities, what's the dollar doing, and so on and so forth. I have no problem making a call from a longer term portfolio asset allocation um, to, to to go underweight let's say commodities in a situation like that because if it, you know and of course we never know when it ends, but usually if something underperforms that dramatically for four years it 's because something significant changes now, when that changes or, or maybe even if we 're really good, we find out we, we make a change before it happens there's no doubt that one can make changes for that what i 'm trying to say is don't try to microtime. The markets with the majority of our money. It is a losing strategy for the vast majority of investors, and I think it's something uh, that we need to keep in mind. Uh, again, it, it. I have seen. more. M- I'm going to try to be careful how I say this. Most people. I'm going to say this. Most people that I've come across. In fact, literally every single one of them that, has, that have come to me and said they're going to they're going to basically become traders with every single penny they own have done very, very poorly, not only in absolute terms, um, not only in, re- in relative terms, meaning, meaning the broader market beat them hand over fist, hand over fist. And all they would have had to do is buy like the S and P 500 or have a very simple diversified portfolio, even better, much better actually. And that would have beat the living daylights out of their trying to microtime the market again. I'm not saying we don't do that with some of our money. That's certainly fine if someone wants to do that. I do it with some, you know, it's part of our business model. We do that and I like it with some of our money from my trading perspective, it gets really really difficult, almost impossible if we do it a long term. So, so the the, the diversification uh, case here is really really important. I'm going to stop sharing the screen here um and uh and just uh, get back to some of the other impo- important what I think are important points for for Cases for diversification, and I understand that we're coming out of a out of a period here where markets and i 've said this many many times i mentioned almost every podcast episode where uh, markets essentially have just gone higher and when I say markets is basically equities right for for many investors that are more you know growth oriented um, equities have basically gone higher, so they see very little reason to diversify however um, the what people forget is that markets are not made up of just 10 years of market history. Right now we're coming out of a 12, 13 year period of more of equity markets going steeply higher coming out of the GFC, the great financial crisis that ended more or less in 22 09 coming, going into, into 2010. And I think people forget that, you know, yes, that's 12, 13 years ago, uh, but 12, 13 years is a long period of time, but it's not the only history we have. I and mean, we have a lot more history than that. If you go back uh, over time. Um, so, I think one of the things that's important here, too, is that when, when we look at, you know, a diversified portfolio, the other thing it does, it, it hedges us against unpredictability. We don't know when things happen and come out of left field. So diversification kind of guards us against the uncertainty that comes with investing, whether that's economic, political or, you know, market events that can impact our individual investments. A diversified approach reduces the impact of any single event on our portfolio, overall portfolio. And that's really, really important. I think particularly where we are right now. And again, it doesn't almost matter, it, doesn't, it almost doesn't matter what your age is or where you are in life. Diversification is really important. And again, it's. I find it really difficult. I, it's become much easier now for the past few months but I still, have, I still find it very difficult for people to realize why they need a diversified portfolio and maybe why professionals should be taking part of the majority of their money. Not their trading account. That's a different story. By all means, have some guidance there. Have some, some, some you know, what we do at the Study Trader. We help traders, uh, you know, do some of their own stuff. Um, but I think th- there, is, there is a bit of an – I don't want to call it arrogance because that sounds derogatory. But just there's a bit of an over – people are a bit too um, – are too convinced that of of their of their abilities in the markets and being able to have having made money over the past 10 everyone I talked to I man literally I'm talking 10 out of 10 every person I talked to refers to the past 10 12 years every single one of them no one talks to me about the past 20 years and these are you know people in their 50s, 60s, 70s and you know 10 years ago none of them were not investing right so keep that in mind um, i think the important thing here is also factual so the potential for better risk adjusted returns is factual. There are studies, just fact, indeed, fact, this has shown that diversified portfolios just deliver more consistency over the long term, not in any given month, quarter or year, but over time. And this risk adjusted approach can lead to better performance and, and just relative to a, a, a concentrated portfolio. So last point, and I think this quite frankly, for a lot of people, particularly, uh, really Of of once they retire at the latest at the very latest peace of mind if you know that your investments are spread across various asset classes you know it can provide a sense of security so you're not overly reliant on one stock if you've ever been in a situation where you kind of bet the pony on you know on one particular idea whether it's a theme a sector a bond a stock and whatever you know and that's and you find yourself checking your your phone you know every half an hour what that thing is doing clearly that's not fun uh clearly that's not balanced and clearly there's a lot more risk that you are carrying with that trade than you would like to so it can give us a sense of security um and this piece of peace of mind can really help us stay focused on our financial objectives you know without being overly influenced by short-term market fluctuations so again diversification uh, offers us to take advantage of of all sorts of things in the market not just one pocket um, again i'm not saying don't have a, a trading account where you can make you know bets concentrated bets i'm all for that what I am saying is let's not do that with, with with most of our money. Hope it helps, folks. We'll see you again in the next Steady Wealth podcast. Be well again, be careful. It's August. August can come with all sorts of unexpected uh uh events. Um September, October. You know, I'm on the fence right now whether I want to be very, very cautious or I want to remain cautiously optimistic. I'm still cautiously optimistic, but I'm very much open to tail risks happening this year. I think uh uh, I've been uh, too early on that call uh, for sure. I've I've missed out the, the AI rally for the most part, not entirely uh, managed to, to get a, a couple of clips here and there, but for the most part, uh, I do think the, the broader economic picture is not, uh, is, is not as rosy as, as uh, most economists have now all of a sudden agreed that it is uh, when they were not on that page in January. So anyway, hope it makes sense folks. Um, Studywealthpodcast.com is where we post all these podcasts. Maybe you're listening it on it uh, right there, but share share it with everyone. We'd love to see uh, other people listen. If you want to be a guest um, on us, or you have something to say, you know, if you have any any, if you're a, you know a, a CEO or, or an individual investor and you have a story to share, I want to invite you to come uh, to come on as a guest. You know, if you have a uh, if you're an analyst, investment bank, or hedge fund manager, whatever, right, or just have a story to tell about the markets. Um, we'd love to have you have you on and and share your experience uh, and your thoughts uh, with our audience. Until then, be well, and I'll talk to you soon.